0: I told this to Richard on uh, numerous occasions, but um, having a phenomenal worship leader takes the pressure off of a preaching pastor. Phenomenal. Just a phenomenal guy. I feel like I could, I really feel like I could tank a couple just and if people just it will still get fed, you know? I, I really am blessed to, to know him. And actually, I'll do this right at the beginning. Um, just grateful to God for this place. A uh, little over three years ago, we we, uh, we started gathering. We were facing that direction. I had a team of uh, women who were leaders in the circle of women. And we interviewed worship leaders. And uh, Wanali, who is actually, this is her last Sunday here too. She's going to to work for Mark Roberts which I'm jealous over at Fuller. Um, when Ollie said, I got this guy, Richard, he wants to throw his name in the hat. And I, I'll i be honest, I had like, I had my OC connections. I had some real rock stars come and try, but they came in here and it just wasn't a fit. You know, like you can be great and not the fit. And I was like, man, these people keep tanking. And I'm like, what's going on? And then Richard just stepped up here um, in his interview. And actually, I remember you made a couple of mistakes. Like, you made a couple of mistakes, and then you said, let's just worship the Lord. And I just felt the Spirit fill this room. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I'll sum up my message. You need to start singing. Because <laughs> you've obviously forgot my message from last week. Because I was hearing my own voice, and that's a horrible thing. You need to sing. And oh, my voice is cracking. It's fun. Um, we're going to be studying. Do I have one of these bookmarks? These bookmarks are on your chair. This is our vision statement. This is San Community Church's vision statement. it's actually the Shema or the Great Commandment. This guy comes up to Jesus and says, what's life all about? What's the greatest law? And Jesus says this. He says, you know, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your mind, or whatever. I've repeated mine a couple times. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, it's love people and love God. That's what it's about. And this next series, it's about drawing close to Jesus. We're just going to the Gospels, and we want to get to know this Jesus guy. We want to seek the face of Jesus our Lord. And we're going this first sunday we're going to be going out of mark um and here's a i've didn't I've done this before so if if somebody knows the answer, that's actually extra credit and you go first into heaven okay but what's the gospel of Jesus according to Jesus? Paul proclaims Jesus his life, death, and resurrection as the gospel. That's his good news. But Jesus himself preached about one thing more than he preached about anything else. And he says that this is the gospel. This is the good news according to Jesus. And it's in chapter 1 of Mark, if anybody has a Bible. And I'm going to open it up there right there. And I'll, I'll tell you before I embarrass anybody. Mark one, here it is. It's the first words of Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, it's the first words of Jesus in, in the gospel of Mark. First, you get your John, your Baptist, and you get your, your temptation of Jesus. And then Jesus comes up and he says, now, now after John was arrested, this is one fourteen. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news. The Greek word there is euangelio, the gospel. Jesus preached about what he's about to say more than he preached about anything else. And we as followers of Jesus should know what Jesus has preached about, right? If you know it, Jason, if you like me, you know what I preach about. I preach about food. And you know, I mentioned food and stories of my family. That's, that's what I preach about. Jesus preached about this. And he says this, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The time has come and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the gospel, the good news. What? Repent and believe what? The good news. What's the good news? That the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. The kingdom of God is a realm which you enter into by making God your king through Jesus the Christ. Jesus says, I'm not about getting you into heaven. I'm about getting heaven into you. And the reason I mention this is because our text, he's going to talk a little bit about the kingdom. And it's good. Do we need further illustration of kingdom of God? Um, maybe, maybe not. Robert Louis, you're a Lakers fan, Right. You're a Lakers fan, no matter where you are, right? No matter how bad they get, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know it doesn't matter. you you're you follow you follow the Lakers. You're you're a member of the kingdom of the Lakers. That's the way we distinguish ourselves from this world. We make God our king more than anyone else—presidents, principals, teachers, friends, family, anyone. You serve one king, one king and one king alone. And so he starts teaching. Jesus starts teaching, starts doing some miracles. And we're cruising all the way to Mark chapter 10. And so he's in some heavy teaching at this point. Jesus is like teaching about all kinds of stuff. This guy tries to trip him up right before the passage we're going to study. He says, what about divorce? What about who's married to who? If you're married and somebody dies and you times it by pie. And he's trying to trip up Jesus and Jesus says, don't worry about divorce. I'm going to teach you about what marriage is. Jesus' ethics on marriage, verses 10, uh, 1 through 12, highly recommend it. Jesus has ethics on marriage. And he, here's a spoiler alert. It's not about a beautiful day. It's not about a wedding dress. It's about a man and a woman recreating creation. It's about a man and a woman being a reflection of a triune God. It's about a man and a woman doing what a man and a woman were designed to do since before God made the world. So, highly recommend it. Don't have time. Going to 10, verse 13. This is our verse for this uh, this morning. Sorry, taking so long. Roundabout. People were bringing little children. People were bringing the little children to him in order that he might touch them. The disciple spoke sternly to them, but when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, "Let the children come to me. Let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not Receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hands on them and blessed them. And in this tradition, I say, this is the word of the Lord. And you respond, thanks be to God. A little while ago, um, my little brother, he was getting, we were, I was studying my, my personal Bible study, like uh, just my my quiet times, I was studying some stuff of Paul, and it came across that part where um, it says, Paul says, "Follow me as I follow Jesus." And so I wanted to be all deep and theological, like I always am. And I went over to my little brother and I said, "Follow me as I follow Jesus." And G- Andrew goes, uh, "Why don't I just follow Jesus?" I was like, okay, checkmate, my friend. I see you know this game. First, first point, first little, whoa, this, sh- this is a lot shorter. I was closer than to you. I almost hugged you, Thomas. Okay. Uh, first little observation. The parents are taking their kids and putting them in Jesus' path. Put your kids In front of Jesus. Put yourself. In front of Jesus. Start thinking. About Jesus. Start talking. About Jesus. Start talking to Jesus. How many in here have ever played a full round of golf? Raise your hand. That's actually surprising. I thought more people would raise their hands. Forget that Tony. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think that's funny right there. Uh, It's about eight hours playing golf, right? (laughs) The way I play it, that's about eight hours. My uncle always says, I want to stay married so I don't play golf. Uh, How many have sat down and just read through the gospel of Mark? A couple people. That's impressive. That's awesome. I suggest it. It's going to take you probably two to three hours. It's, it, people say, ah, but I'm not going to understand it. It's written at like a sixth to eighth grade reading level. You're going to understand it. Put yourself in front of Jesus. The quickest, fastest way. It's the shortest of the Gospels. Whenever I need to hit a reset button, what's this all about? With Christianity, who's this Jesus guy? Sit down, schedule a couple hours, just free time. Read the gospel of Mark. Then, so he's putting them in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw this, notice Jesus sees. I love that. Jesus sees. He was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Very few things make the son of God angry. But when you mess with kids. It makes Jesus angry. My family went through some horrible valleys where the safety of my children seemed to disappear. My one, my only comfort Is that Jesus was angrier than I was? You do not mess with kids. I was talking to a friend of mine that was just talking, because I'm leaving. Everybody heard that, right? (sighs) We're talking about that. And this friend said, You know who really hurts? The kids. have a response. I still don't have a response. I I don't know why God's calling me to be a head pastor and I'm going to hand it over to God and know that God is going to search out these kids and going to fill my position with somebody that loves them just as intensely. Then he says this, truly I tell you whoever does not receive the kingdom of god as a little child will never enter it children are the kingdom of god children are there there are tickets to see it see it's 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 kind of all about kids but it's all more about I don't know if that's proper English. It's all more about, sorry, this is a water bottle. It's all more about the kingdom of God. How do we get heaven into us? How do we start living as though our our God is our king and not our president and not our bosses? How do we start living in heaven? How do we start to experience eternal life? And that's not like a like a time, it's a it's a it's a quality too. It's not only quantitative. It's qualitative. It's an eternal life. It's it's a deep, deep life. It's an amazing life. It's an electric life. It's a it's a life worth living for. It's a life worth like I don't need a cup of coffee to get out of bed. There's hope. There's joy. There's peace. There's love. There's all this stuff. How do I start living in this kingdom of God now? How do I live out now? Steal a story from this guy named Todd Bolsinger. I love that guy. He's actually Mark Roberts' best friend. When all he's going to be working for my hero's best friend. So. Dang it. Okay. But uh, my daughter, ever met her? Pistol. <laughs> she's this right here. She'll punch you in the face. She'll get out she'll get uh, in your grill. We were just talking. Hey, she's crazy. But she knows Jesus, and she knows that Jesus knows her. And she's going to grow up, and she's gonna, I'm going to drag her butt to church. She's going to be at church every Sunday. Eventually, she's going to get the message and start living it out. And eventually she'll go off to college, probably University of Michigan, and they'll probably win the Rose Bowl over USC. Thank you. And then she'll go and she'll, be a, uh, she'll, she'll marry a nice guy that loves Jesus too. And then she'll start working in the church maybe as a Sunday school teacher. On the side she'll be the pope. And then she'll eventually pass away. Her journey in the kingdom started when she right now. It started right now and God started working on her character. So much so that when she gets to heaven Jesus will just have to make a little adjustment. She'll be made that perfect because she's been living in the kingdom of God now. She started experiencing this stuff now. Does anybody else want to experience this stuff now? I do. I want to be free from this place. I want to have a king that isn't tossed to and fro by the waves. I want to have a king that cares about my kids. I want to have a king that knows me and knows me better than I know myself. I want to have a king. How do I get into this kingdom now, now, now? Jesus says right here, this is one of his little clues and he hides it all the time. He's like Yoda. He's whispering stuff. He's saying like a big story. Oh, this is my theology on marriage. Oh, and by start to have imagination like a little kid. You start to be content like a little kid. You start to ask for stuff simply like a little kid. I'm hungry. I need some food. You start talking to God like a kid talks to his parents. You start believing That your heavenly father is better than your earthly father, in that he wants more for you. We get into this kingdom, and the little clue that is in this passage is we have to have faith like children. What does that mean? Stop being cocky, Jay. Stop thinking you have all the answers, Jay. Stop thinking you got it together. Stop thinking that you don't need anything. That's the wrongest thing you could possibly think. You need everything. You need my grace to even wake up today. You need my peace to make it through these battles. You need my patience to put up with yourself even. we need to become like little children. That's my second point. And then he ends it. And I love this. I just love it. He grabs the kids. I love, I love that picture. It makes me want to, I can't, I'd probably break my femur again. But he just grabs the kids. And it's like, if, if there's a photo op in the New Testament, this is it. Jesus grabs the little kids and he holds them. Yeah, I, just, I, I want to read that again. And he took them up in his arms. He took them up in his arms and laid hands on them and blessed them. There's a couple of places I'd like to be in the New Testament. This is probably one of them. Why do the kids run to this guy? So many questions. Well, is he, is he? He's got this magnetism. And the first people to trust him are kids. And the kids come in and he grabs them and he blesses them. Such love. Such beauty. Such. It's God. In a bod. That's what my youth pastor always say. God in a bod. But it's God wrapped in flesh. And this is one of the only snapshots that we get of Jesus hugging. Jesus hugs kids if he came in here he would say i don't really care about jason or jeff i want to hang out with these guys and he'd grab them and hug them the kingdom of god in so many ways is flipped who has the least amount of power in here the kids right but in the kingdom of God, not so. He's as close to a saint as I am. In fact, he's, he's closer because he's got this childlike faith. He flips it and Jesus says, it's not about what you see. It's actually about what you don't see. And it's about people serving a king when they can't see this king, but they know this king is more real than anything they see. And these kids have a, a market on it, and you need to learn from them. I'm gonna end, we're going to end with a one last challenge, and it has to do with um, children that don't have a chance because they're born in the wrong place. And this is a call um, to us as a church to care about what Jesus cared about. And uh, let's roll this video. Thousands of Syrians and Iraqis on the move.
1: Take a look at this. 10,000 Syrian refugees are crossing the border into Turkey in search. You've seen the images. The situation in Syria and Iraq has escalated. Hundreds of thousands have perished. Tens of thousands are fleeing their countries to try to find safety in Europe. But what about those you don't hear about in the news? Those who decide to stay put or move to another part of their own country or into Lebanon or Jordan or Turkey? They are the majority. While thousands are migrating from their homeland to Europe, millions are simply stranded in an unfamiliar place that isn't home. They leave with a suitcase or whatever they can carry. They leave quickly and head to an area they hope is safe from rockets and gunfire. These are the people, the mothers, the fathers, the children, that need help now. Our church and the Outreach Foundation are working together with local Presbyterian churches and organizations inside Syria, Iraq, Jordan, and Lebanon to aid in this urgent crisis. But emergency funds are desperately needed today to feed these refugees and internally displaced people, to help with shelter, distribute supplies and medicines, and care for the wounded. This is our chance to rise to the occasion and meet our brothers and sisters where they are, in pain, disbelief, hopelessness, and fear. Let's let them know we care.